0: Welcome to Pitch It To Me Podcast, a show about the subjective past, present, and potential future of Flesh and Blood Design, where we argue for an hour about whether it's pronounced Lavia or Lavia. Today's episode will be about the new Demihero card type. On red pitch, Joel will lead our discussion as we gush about how cool the new Demihero is. On yellow pitch, Clark will give us a deck tech for what he came up with using the new card. And on Blue Pitch, Fuzzy will give us some of his own custom designs for demi-heroes in other classes. You can find us across all socials, such as TikTok and Instagram, at Podcast.
1: I swear we're not a Lavaya podcast. We just mention her every episode purely by coincidence. (laughs) The coincidence
2: that me and Joel both play her, mm-hmm. and there's Fuzzy who likes to listen <laughs> and watch. So dust till dawn spoilers are done. We're recording
1: sometime between pre-release weekend and actual release. So these are still pretty fresh takes. They're they're hot off the grill. Mm-hmm. Uh, flip sizzle, good takes. <laughs> flip sizzle, good takes. Those those fresh char line, good takes. <laughs> The big hot button topic, the big thing everyone wants to talk about is the one card LaVaya redeemed and Blazor Fett consumed. It completely changes how the inventory works. It changes how heroes work, how the game works. It has so many interesting design implications that we just felt like it really deserved a whole hour to talk about it. So we're going to spend this episode talking about the implications of what having this new Demihero
2: is all about. Mm-hmm. And if they ever drop another new card type in the future, oh, you can expect we're, you're going to hear an episode from us about it mm-hmm. within the year.
1: <laughs> <laughs> At the very least, within a year. <laughs> As a reminder for our audio listeners, uh, we do have a link in the description that leads to a Google Drive. For our custom card designs, Fuzzy's whole section is going to be about these custom card designs. So mm-hmm. if you're more of a visual person, you can always go to that link and read what we are talking about there.
2: Yeah, it makes it a lot easier to follow along. Was trying to make it easier for you guys to, you know, engage with our ideas.
0: Yeah, especially when we get some art going too. It'll be a really cool way to immerse yourself in our designs, and we get to, you know, show off our passions for the designs we want to see in Flesh and Blood.
2: And if you like the designs and you want to drop some art for it. I think we accept art donations. I don't know about you guys. I might be speaking out of turn here. But if you want to draw a stick figure for my card designs, I will absolutely <laughs> plop it right in. And I don't care how much experience you have. If you want to do art for any of my cards, you can do it.
1: We have an email. Pitch it to me at gmail.com. You can always send them there. Let's jump into Red Pitch.
0: Before we get into Demi-Heroes as a whole, I want to talk about a few heroes that kind of did the same thing that Demi-Heroes are going to be doing in the future, or at least what I think they'll be doing. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I wanted to highlight Starvo, because he kind of like came out of nowhere. Bravo before that was kind of overshadowed by Olden for a very long time. Mm -hmm. I don't know if this was always intentional to give him all these elements, but I felt like it was a really good way to give Bravo a new identity and uh, a larger card pool because that's what old him, like there is no cost benefit or like opportunity cost in playing old him over Bravo. So when I think of Starvo, I just think of like, how do you give a hero really good support without making their talented counterparts even more broken than they originally were. Mm -hmm. And I think this was their attempt to do it, but it obviously failed epically like he held in it like less
1: than a year
2: bravo star of the show was kind of strong
1: when i was getting into the game i remember going back and watching the youtube videos and just being like oh they really do that just about every turn yep (laughs) it was not as hard as it it was it
0: it seems because like you have the largest card pool of, of any hero and you still have your really great on hits from being an og guardian player and you have you know, Crown of Seeds, Ramp, you just have everything. It's hard not to be the best deck in the format at that point. And then I was looking at Arachne Solitary Confinement. I don't know about you two, but I was pretty underwhelmed with Arachne as a whole. I just did not really like the Assassin design until Azuri came out. That was like more closely related to what I thought Assassin should be. And I thought Solitary Confinement was interesting because it gives you some way to play Arachne in Blitz. Not that you want to be playing Blitz over CC, but if they extended this design to CC, then you have basically two Arachnids that you can pick from. And based on what kind of support they get in the future, like, you know, one was completely about stealth and one was completely about contracts. So mm-hmm. you could play either or depending on what the meta was like, you know, either a more controlling build or, or a more aggressive build. And I think this approach is what I wanted to see with Levi redeemed uh, initially. Instead, it was just like a blitz hero and it has a title. So we know it's not going to be a CC hero, at least for the time being. So that's kind of what I was looking at when I was thinking about what existed before
1: the demi hero came came about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Though interesting point there. We have just seen a uh, a young prism with a with a title mm-hmm. that also has a CC uh, adult counterpart. Yeah, they kind of broke that precedent a little bit.
0: Yeah, yeah, good point. I almost completely forgot about that.
1: So that may open up like a like a binge CC. <sighs> Or a uh, or this Arachne solitary confinement with stealth going to CC, which I would be yeah. interested in seeing. Adult Kasai, adult. Oh.
0: Can't wait. Anyways, sorry. All in one set. <laughs> yeah, <It's> draftable. Yeah, <laughs> yep. That sounds awesome. Actually, I think that begs a question: like, what do these heroes accomplish, or what did they set out to accomplish? Because Arachne doesn't see any play at all, really, because it's like Blitz; it's not the premier format, and Starva doesn't see any play either because he LL'd in like less than a year so i'm like curious like is this teasing like a new design space or is it just it was it trying to fix a problem for a very niche use case
1: i think both of those were trying to do the same thing that this demi hero card is trying to do which is continue or give greater depth to the story of these heroes while also giving them alternate play styles mm-hmm. or different card pools so that mains especially if they're complaining hmm. uh, can feel like there are other options other routes other things that they can try yeah and so then that kind of bleeds into my next
0: section which is uh to ask is this how we balance heroes from now on like how does this actually improve leviah like does it really take her design space in a in a good direction or i don't know kind of like a band-aid fix and just saying hey you don't die to the worst mechanic in the game now
2: I don't think this is the only way that you could read it, but one could say that it's their way of apologizing for a bad hero ability Mm. is you get to replace yourself with a new, better one if you meet a certain condition. I mean, there's clearly more to it than that, right? But with other heroes that are weak, it might not be their hero ability that's holding them back, you know? Like with Azalea, the card pool is what really helped her get back up into at least a B tier, right? For sure. Bolton, you could say something similar. Like Bolton... Honestly, if you read his hero ability, it seems pretty sweet, right? Not only if you charge, do all of your attacks get plus extra power, which already kind of feels really nice, but also you get to give go again to your attacks, mm-hmm. somewhat conditionally. Like that's a strong hero ability. They just like really nerfed him by having a ass card pool. You know, where all <laughs> yeah. his cards are so underrate. Yeah. With Levia, her hero ability doesn't do anything other than allow your cards to not have as much of a drawback, right? For it, sure. She has a nothing here ability, kind of like dash almost. Like it's very contingent on what your card pool is like.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: I don't think that this is going to be their go-to for balance for that reason. I yeah. think Levy is just kind of special. <laughs> I think it's a tool in their toolbox. Yeah,
1: yeah. They've always had the ability to either print new cards for the hero and use the card pool to fix the issue, which I do actually think they did with Leviat in this set, printing those cards that banish from hand, mm-hmm. I think that what, that fixed one of the issues of Lavaya Le- of, of not having early game plays. Yeah. So there's card pool fixes. I think there are straight up erratas. They did that with mm-hmm. Briar. Now, admittedly, they have a, LSS has admitted that that was a dramatic circumstance yeah. where they felt the need to errata her, and then they just gave out a ton of tokens. The third option is like printing the new hero card. Mm-hmm. That's what they did with Arachne and Starvo, let's say. I think in both of those instances, looking at that as a fix, it's not a real fix. Yeah. Because the old hero is still there, is still playable, and is still bad. Right. And so if you're changing the inherent card design, the people who were fans of that hero for that card design are still going to be upset.
2: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I
1: think the demi-hero fixes that. Mm -hmm. Because it's saying... Okay, we know why you fell in love with Levi. It wasn't just the card pool. It was that idea of running lots of these, this specific card pool with the ability to banish them and turn off that negative effect, right? And then play cards from that. Like it was, it was the whole package, including what was printed on the card. Just saying, well, here's a new Leviathan with brand new mechanics, but don't worry, you can run the same cards in her deck. I don't think we would have been very happy with that. I think we would have looked at it. Mm-hmm. As, as Levia fans, but I think this Demi-Hero is the proper fix. We're saying, look, you get to keep the same card, keep the same design, but now we're adding an extra element.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I almost disagree in a sense because my next uh, thought was like, you know, does this work better than just reprinting her? Because when it was spoiled, like obviously the Demi-Hero has a title, like frame, just like any other card or hero. When it was split, it seemed like it was going to be a new version of Leviah, just like a different title. And yeah, they were definitely teasing that. Yeah, they were teasing that hard, and I was like super hyped for it. And I was really excited because then I could throw away this like – well, not throw away because I have a rainbow foil of it. But um, <laughs> I could just kind of disregard this like really objectively bad version of Leviah and get hyped for this new design. And I would even say that a lot of people would agree in the sense like, okay, we can keep Leviah – Use like Hexagore in this new build that gives you uh, better play patterns and let you use more of your card pool. Because I want to play with things like Mutated Mass and Tome of Torment, Hexagore and like Guardian of the Shadow Realm. But I don't want to have to keep getting it out of Banish or banishing a six every turn and having to navigate those misses in my graveyard too. Like if I could find a way to hedge against those like negatives, then, you know, I'd be all for it. I I really wouldn't care that that much about the OG Leviah because theoretically they would find a way to make it so that you either cycle out more cards out of your blood debt or you can still prevent it. And like, for instance, what if they printed a Leviya with the same hero ability? Like if you banish a six, you turn off blood debt and then they have extra text on there. That's mm-hmm. say like you can play one card out of banish or something like that. Like I think
2: everyone would have been cool with that as well. Maybe, I think that might feel a little bit Cheap, like mm. they just print a strict improvement on Levia. Yeah, it, it would feel kind of like a cop out. I think a little bit. Yeah, I think that might yeah. be the, that would be my guess as to how the community would react to that. Mm. But I can see the hype for it too. Like I get to use a lot of the same cards and just have a strictly better hero, which means my in tournament I'm gonna get strictly better results, right? Yeah. I find your question really interesting, Joel. Like, is this how we balance heroes? Mm. Because like it's just a card, right? If you think in terms of like. If I want a hero to get some swag in the newest set, I would hope they print cards for that hero. Mm-hmm. And that's what this is. It's a very unique card, it's a new card type. I'm super excited for it. But I think it's interesting that you're coming at it from an angle like it's different. Mm-hmm. Like if they had printed a cool new weapon for Levia, it wouldn't it would have been like, yeah, this is it's normal for us to balance quote-unquote buff or balance heroes this way because it's a demi hero. And there's been so much attention on Levy's hero ability in the past. Mm-hmm. We're kind of looking at it with this lens of like, oh, they're balancing in a new way now. Because it is. It's a brand new card. It's a
1: brand new way of like thinking about your inventory. It's a mm-hmm. brand new way of thinking about sure. the game itself. Like it it really opens up a ton of opportunities. And for one sideboard slot, like that's perfect. Yeah. And so that
0: lastly regarding, you know, this is this how we like balance heroes? I'm, I'm curious, like. Is she or is she not consumed by Blasma Fett? Because it's like two sides of the same lore story, right? The reason why I was thinking, okay, maybe this can apply to every hero, because like we won't know until Monarch 3.0 which side she goes, theoretically. Like, I don't know if they printed like specific lore on how she ends up, but if there's multiple cards uh, that get printed for each hero, like that tell a different story of their lore, and that's like some way they get into building the the realm of, of Wraith. I think that could be kind of cool. I'm just like curious to know like where can we see the design of, of Levia going with this new card and like how it can apply to other heroes.
2: Yeah, I think you're tapping into something that I'm really excited about. Mm-hmm. It's this idea of a double-sided card representing a fork in the road for the future of that character. Right. So mm-hmm. cool, right? Levia Shadowborn Abomination represents this hero who has this struggle and it's gonna resolve one way or the other, mm-hmm. and we're gonna find out, and that's what this card represents.
1: <laughs> like, it's whether or not she is able to overcome the corrupting influence of Blasma Fett. Because if mm-hmm. you look at like her card art versus like Chain, the other big shadow hero, or even Vincent, the other big shadow hero, they still retain a lot of their humanity in their card art. They still mm-hmm. look very human.
2: Mm-hmm. Lavia does not. She's crazy. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, she did a ritual that really kinda of put Blasma Fett inside and like changed her biology she's got tentacles and shit yeah <laughs> she do she do be having that <laughs> tentacles <laughs> yeah like she her her hair isn't hair anymore yeah it's just more more tentacles yeah Oop, oops bunch all of, tentacles oops all tentacles bunch of bones instead of skin like it's she she is like less human than the other two shadow heroes because blasphemy is kind of taking her over and so that becomes a flashpoint and I love where it becomes a flashpoint, right? Mm-hmm. And how the design of it specifically represents that flashpoint. If she lets the blood debt tick her down, she becomes Blasma But if she takes an action of her own choice, hey, she yo. becomes redeemed. Yeah. So even the card design represents the flashpoint of where can her story go? Does she let the blood debt consume her? Or does she take control and undo the blood debt while still maintaining a little bit of the power because you can always still banish, put cards in your banish zone and still yep. do that fun stuff. I love that distinction. That's awesome.
2: Do you guys think that having this demi-hero thing is a risk design-wise because of the complexity creep? So, like, hear me out. If you play against a Leviah, you know what Levi Redeemed does because everyone's eyes are on it. A couple years down the line, Are there going to be lots of demi heroes running around that have really important text that are sitting in the sideboard where you can't see them or even know if they're running them? Like, Mm. if there was a rule where you had to reveal the demi hero at the start of the game in your sideboard, that feels a little bit healthier to me. I think it's fine with the one card that it's like a secret, quote unquote, mostly because Mm -hmm. everyone's going to be running it anyway, right? But if there's like lots of heroes in the game, period. And you have to understand and kind of know how they all work. And then there's also these demi-heroes that can have really specific text. If I paired up against a Levia right now, I couldn't like tell you verbatim what the demi-hero does. Especially because it's two different faces that have two different triggers to get them transformed. And Mm -hmm. have two different abilities when they're played. And the unique interactions
1: like Leviah redeemed technically puts you at eight life. So Mm -hmm. you can gain the life by flipping to Leviah redeemed. That's like a really unique interaction that I can see someone like not
2: even considering. The complexity creep is there and I'm excited for it. But I do have a little voice that says maybe if there's a lot of this, it can feel overwhelming. Yeah. And unapproachable.
0: And that makes me think about, I don't know how much you guys were paying attention to Modern over the past few years, but. For Magic the Gathering. For Magic the Gathering, yeah. Because there were a new card type revealed uh, by the name of Companion. which which is like commander for modern essentially and it broke the game i think like two of them were banned immediately because they were just so extremely powerful and that's what Leviathan redeemed is like there's no opportunity cost playing it it's one sideboard slot and you Mm -hmm. just like there's a chance in the game where you just don't die which is really valuable because that's often one of Leviathan's main lose conditions so if you have a lot of heroes with multiple demi heroes in like down the line. The design of Flesh and Blood in general, like being able to sideboard as soon as you present your hero is now like defunct because you can sit down across a hero and like, okay, do they have this Demi hero or a different one? What equipment are they, are they going to be using? And it's already too late by the time you like reveal your equipment, like you, mm-hmm. whatever decision you make, you're, you're stuck with. So I definitely mm-hmm. see like what you mean about the complexity creep. And how it can be, like, a dangerous design space if we just, like, slap a demi-hero on every, like, new story we want want to tell for a hero. Or every time we want to, like, tweak a specific archetype. Yes.
1: This should not become a super common thing. Mm -hmm. One, because that would cheapen this card. Yeah. And two, because of the complexity creep. I also think it's kind of a non-bow to talk about, like, is this going to, like, be an issue in the future having it not be known You can just make it known. Just have a rule of like if you're running a demi-hero, it needs to be presented with your hero. Mm -hmm. I think that's a very easy fix. Yeah, It's a line. You don't even need to put it on cards. So like if you end up sitting down and then transforming a hero at an armory and you didn't know this rule, someone's going to be like, oh, yeah, you were supposed to declare that at the beginning. And again, if these are specialty cards, there's only a couple of them, only for very specific moments. I think it's going to be fine.
0: Yeah, that's a good point, too. Yeah, I'm sure there'd be ways to hedge against how confusing this can be sitting against a hero with multiple options in terms of demi-heroes if if it gets to that point. Mm -hmm. Clark, I'm really excited to hear about this new brew you've been talking about for pretty much
1: since this new car was spoiled. For Yellow Pitch, I am being given the opportunity to talk about my little pet deck that I've been brewing up. I've been on a brewing kick. And I was specifically interested in brewing something up for LaVaya. She's my main deck. She is design space that I love playing with. And I really wanted to see what I could do with this new Demi Hero. A lot of the ways that people have been looking to build the Demi Hero around LaVaya, I've been looking at a lot of different brews. The main way that people have been playing LaVaya consumed and LaVaya redeemed as this like, you just don't die to blood debt like game. And I haven't been the biggest fan of that, especially with Leviathan Consumed builds that go heavy into the blood debt because you still banish the top of your deck to it. And so it can feel really bad because if you have like 20 blood debt and then you flip, you're banishing a third of your deck. (laughs) And that doesn't feel very good at all. Then people started doing, well, like there's a light blood debt version where you end up doing... Lavaya consumed, and a and a heavier one where you do Lavaya redeemed, hmm. and people have been playing with those different ideas. And then I saw a brew that was completely different. I was watching uh, Mansant brew up, show off all these different brews of Lavaya. Some of them were his, some of them were other people's that he had seen. And I saw one that was all about the very brute heavy build. A lot of the brute cards that just say discard or draw a card and then discard built around the Dynasty card of Berserk. Now, when Berserk came out, the Leviathan community responded very poorly to it. They're like, this is just a brute card that you said was for us, and it's not. And we were very upset about that. We did not like that. Levia players sound a little whiny. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we are very whiny. I will be the first to admit. Um, But I think it's really good now. I think berserk is very good now for one big reason. Leviia in her deck building, loves blue cards with six power. We love it because we need six powered cards to banish so that we can turn off blood death. So we want as many six powered cards as possible. When we run these brute hero card, these brute cards that discard, we want to be discarding things with six or more power so that they can activate berserk so that we can banish six power cards mm. and then draw them. Let me actually take a moment to explain what Berserk does. Berserk is a one-cost, non-attack action card. Mm -hmm. And it says, whenever you discard a card of six or more power, banish it, and then look at the top card of your deck. If that card has six or more power, draw it. That is what it does. The text is a little bit more complicated, but it's, if you discard something with six power, put it in your banish zone, look at the top... If that card has six, draw it. So you want as many cards with six or more power as possible. That's very hard. It was always better in Leviya because Leviya gets extra blue sixes. Leviya has Deadwood Rumbler, and Leviya also has uh, her specialization, Soul Harvest. In this set, Leviya was given two more sneaky blue sixes. They just don't say it has six power <laughs> on the card. The two cards are Diabolic Offering and Battlefield Breaker. With those two cards, they say when you banish something with six or more power, this becomes six power. Yeah. They say it in two different ways. There's two different card texts on them, but that's essentially what it does. Mm-hmm. Joel, why is that good?
0: Uh Well, I imagine you get to pitch... Your juicy resources into your mandible claws or into other go again attacks like Wild Rider pulping.
1: You keep it going, baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the gravy train's rolling. <laughs> keep drawing, keep playing more spells. One of the big issues with Brute and Lavaya is that she is so hampered by the high cost of all of her attacks. That's yeah. why the one costs are so important when we're able to get them. Mm-hmm. So before, the combo was always you pitch a blue. You play your like one cost, res- your one cost or two cost starter and then you finish it with a one cost or two cost on the back end, right? So you use your three resources, either with a one and then two or a two and then one. This changes everything now. That gives you so many more resources to keep playing go again cards, to keep playing these things that keep the deck rolling and moving. You end up working through eight or nine cards, ten cards in a turn. I've done it. I've been gold fishing this deck the past week i was able to deal 40 damage in a single turn with this deck wow God, dang. it is powerful
0: one combo clark that we were talking about very briefly but not in the context of this uh deck tech was uh tear limb from limb and shade in death hydra
1: like would would the c play in this build or that is one of the exact combos <laughs> this deck is built around Because you get all these new resources. To play Shane Death Hydra, you need six mana, Mm -hmm. which means you need two blues, plus Tear Limb from Limb draws a card, then discards a card, Mm -hmm. which means we are drawing another card. It fully replaces itself. You can trip it, meaning you replace it in your hand by drawing a card for it, and you double the power of your next attack. Like your 13 cost Shade Death Hydra.
0: Yeah, I, I love the fact that Berserk just says, or just makes every card that says Drawn does card just draw a card essentially. Mm-hmm. Like you have, you probably run maybe six misses altogether, maybe nine.
1: It's, I think my current build has three for Berserk. Three for Blood Rush Bellows, because that card is still just too good. It's such a great combo starter. Yep. My 40 my forty damage combo is off of Blood Rush Bellows. Mm-hmm. And then I think the only other miss you're running is Tear Limb from Limb. So it's just a matter of how many of those are you willing mm-hmm. to risk running. Right. Because it, it can still be a whiff. You can always end up drawing and discarding those off the top. There's still some RNG in this deck. You We've way reduced the rate, but it's still always there. Yeah. These combos get even more frightening with Leviathan Consumed because Leviathan Consumed lets us play Shade and Death Hydra from our Banished oh Zone. My God. That is probably the coolest thing about running Leviathan Consumed in this deck tech. There's also the really interesting added f- benefit of when you flip into Leviathan. One, it is easier to flip into Leviathan. Consumed. You're not running a bunch of things that actually banish cards. There's a lot of just discard effects, so you can always use a swing big turn or any of these draw card discard effect turns oh, to to not turn off blood debt to right. not turn off blood debt, but still present some damage. Right. Still, st- still throw some threat at the opponent. Right. It makes it easier for you to hit that limit whenever you want to. And then once you're in Leviat Consumed, one, you get to ignore Blood Debt. And two, you're banishing off the top to get to your pitch stack quicker, where you try to pitch a bunch of these blue sixes together for your combo. Yeah. That's very interesting. So now you add this whole brand new element of accelerating into your pitch stack with Leviat Consumed. Hmm. And you essentially have a free arsenal slot for your Shade and Death Hydra combo.
0: Yeah, but Leviathan Consumed says when you flip into Leviathan Consumed, you don't get to put any more cards in Banished. So theoretically, you have to, like, if you want to capitalize on the Shade and Death Hydra combo, you want at least two or three of those already in Banished by the time you're flipping into her, right? So, like, yes. you want to use like the new equipment or something.
1: The new equipment isn't too bad for that. I have found in my goldfishing that you can pretty efficiently play soul harvest, actually, mm. and and guarantee what's getting put into your banished zone. Yeah. Especially because you're drawing so many blues on those big turns that it's, it's pretty doable to get to six mana. And so the tear limb from limb combo with Leviah consumed just becomes so much more reasonable, even as a leaner non-comboed hand. It's easier for you to simply tear limb from limb and then pitch for Shade and Death Hydra. I've, I've been able to do that a couple times while testing the deck as well.
0: Yeah. At that point, you just want to make sure you have enough blood. so you're not killing yourself with the Shade and Death Hydra. But if you're swinging for, what is that, 26? 26, 26. Like, chances are you're leaking minimum 14 damage against, like, an average 12-block hand. Like, that seems yeah. pretty strong. Like, I'll take 10 damage for
1: for 26, you know? Mm-hmm. I've also been thinking about adding convulsions, but I think that's a little too risky. <laughs> I'm asking for ten mana on a single turn; yeah. it's a it's a bit much. The deck definitely gets more efficient by running find dolls, which is not something that you see a lot in Leviathan builds. Yeah, people really prefer the awesome. carrion husk,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but I think find dolls just does a lot by presenting that one free extra mana, that one extra mana lets you essentially play Berserk for free. Yeah, I was going to say, Berserk costs one, right? And that's what mm-hmm. you want to start your turn with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just helps the ratios out a lot. I have found that I don't need to use it on my turn-by-turn basis, but having it for that combo turn is important. This also has some interesting tech of running the Grasp of Darkness, the new shadow equipment that lets you prevent two damage and banish it, uh, which helps you kind of get your blood debt a little bit higher for Shade and Death Hydra, get a little bit higher to more comfortably flip into Blasma Fat, mm-hmm. Leviathan Consumed you just run a lot of very, very interesting card choices. And I think the fact that it's so different from most of the other Leviah lists you'll be looking at, I think make it worthwhile.
0: Yeah, I was already interested in uh, this Berserk build because it was being played a lot, I think, at the ProQuest level uh, in some aspect. Like having uh, Art of Wars and Berserks and Blood all in one deck. And the explosiveness of that deck was really... Kind of crazy. Like it. the, the ceilings were, were very high. So seeing a more consistent, quote unquote, very eager to try this out. See if it's like an actual deck.
1: I mean, I certainly hope it is. The big issue is you run so many non-blocks mm-hmm. <laughs> and all those non-blocks can definitely make your average turn getting hit with a lot. And if <laughs> yeah. the opposing hero runs a lot of Disruption... There's not a lot you can do about that. Like, mm-hmm. I don't run uh, Reckless Swing. Also, you don't have the guaranteed finisher of, like, Reckless Swing. Yeah. That, likes, that the Brutes like to run a lot. You just can't run that card because it's a miss. And you need to reduce the chance. Like, every single miss needs to be a part of the combo. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's even a version of this deck where you cut out limb from Limb and Shane Death Hydra. I think that would be lame,
0: <laughs>
1: but I think it would be consistent. Consistent.
0: I would even say just throw in the Reckless Swing. St- the, the amount of games that I've stolen with Reckless Swing, it's just too good to cut it, even if it is a miss.
2: It's like Sync Below and Sonata Arcanix, you know? The grown up <laughs> thing to do is you only get to run one of them. Yep. <laughs> you can't mm. run both, and it probably isn't Sonata. <laughs> yeah.
1: I'm. Now going to take you through what I have sort of math goldfished out to be the max damage turn. Now this is higher than I have ever been able to do, but theoretically this is what's possible. So this requires pretty much a full everything. You need to have full tempo for this, which is why it's, you know, max damage. Yeah. In hand, you need Berserk, Blood Rush, a blue card, and something with six or more power. You need... Something in Arsenal, maybe that's Berserk, maybe that's Blood Rush. Maybe it's one of your two cost go-agains we'll be talking about. You need to be already flipped into Leviathan Consumed and you need Shade Death Hydra in your Banished Zone and just a little bit of luck. <laughs> Pitch a blue, play Berserk and Blood Rush. You discard off a Blood Rush, draw from Berserk, draw two more cards. You have one mana floating and three cards in hand. Pitch another blue, play either Pulping or Wild Ride to draw a card, then discard a card. Discard a six, draw from Berserk again. Two floating, two cards in hand. You now have dealt eight damage. Mandible Claw with the two floating mana, five more damage. Pitch a blue, tear limb from limb, draw for, draw a card, discard a card, draw from Berserk. One floating, two cards in hand. Pitch two blues, Shane Death Hydra. One floating, zero card in hand, 28 damage. That's eight plus five, plus 28, is 41 damage. Golly. Now, at any point during this, Blood Rush, Pulping Wild Ride, or Tear Limb From Limb, you can end up discarding a Skullcrack or a Beast Within, which can give you more cards and more mana. That means another Mandible Claw. That means another go-again attack. Also, at any point, you can either roll scab skins or pop Beaten Trackers to gain extra action points to throw a Graveling Growl. So much damage. Jesus. That can lead to an upward extra of 50 max. That is what this deck is capable of doing. 50 damage when most heroes have 40 life. (laughs) It can get pretty ridiculous. Also, if at any point you miss off of a discard or you just think, oh, I'd like an extra card in hand, you can always pop your uh, headpiece equipment, which is Skullhorn. Mm -hmm. And that lets you draw a card, discard a card, which is actually just draw a card Yep. <laughs> because of Berserk. Again, there's probably a little bit of luck in some of these discards, right? You need to be drawing Tear Limb from Limb. You need to be drawing one of those on uh, go-again cards. Honestly, it is a little because everything in your deck is a six. True, true. So it's very reliable to be flipping these blue sixes off the top to get this mana.
0: Or even yellows. Like, yellows would do the trick, too, until you can, like draw into those blue sixes like further in the deck
1: yeah i've definitely minimized the amount of yellows to maximize your oh. damage that you're doing throughout the game mm-hmm. it really is just as much as the again i think if you really wanted to make this deck more consistent you would probably bring in Artivores. yeah and you would take out your shade and death hydra tear limb from limbs mm-hmm. but don't you want to do 50 damage don't okay. you want to be the person at the pro quest <laughs> Tear limb from limb, Shane Death Hydra, win the game?
0: Well, this deck almost seems as cool as running Titanium Bubble. So I'm, I'm, ex- <laughs> I'm
1: excited to try it for sure. Yeah. When I brought this deck tech to this episode, I was like, does this really use Leviathan consumed to its ultimate potential? Does this use Leviathan redeemed to its ultimate potential? The answer is probably not, but it uses it in a fun way. Yeah. It really, it, I mean, just having that free arsenal slot for the Shade and Death Hydra means it's so much easier to do the Tear Limb from Limb Shade and Death. So much easier. And like, bro, you can pitch stack this. You could. To- <laughs> I mean, that whole combo, that whole fifty Hell damage yeah. thing. Eh, I don't know about that, but you can pitch stack a nutty turn, like Beast Within. I mean, next what to what you just rush. You just
0: pitch two, like, like let's say you roll two actions uh, on any given turn. And you pitch your Berserk and your Blood Rush for one Mandible Claw Swing each. And then you just shove blues <laughs> into your deck until you, you draw it up yeah. again. And then- it is
1: really important. If you can, any of these blue sixes should be Wrecker Romps or Soul Harvests or Deadwood Rumblers because they are natural blue sixes. And mm-hmm. so, yeah. especially on that first discard.
2: Yeah, That first discard could also be like Beast Within or oh, Skullcrack. Yeah, but- like those are yeah. also... Really good choices. Yep. Yeah. And then if you're pitch stacking it, you just have to have this rule where once I start pitching these things, don't pitch any <laughs> other non-attacks until you pull mm. off the combo, right?
1: Yeah. I've I've totally blocked with um, tear limb from limb just to be like, look, mm-hmm. I'd love to pitch you. I cannot miss on that berserk um, turn. Mm-hmm.
0: Tear limb from limb can't block, though. It's oh,
1: right. It's a non-block. Yeah. I've definitely thrown it away somehow. Oh, I've like randomly discarded it and been
2: like, not the worst thing in the world.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah,
2: yeah. Hey, thank you so much for those cool ideas, Clark. I can't wait to tinker around with them. And we can find the deck list in the description, right? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I will put my February link in the description. I want to see all you
1: devoted Leviathan players Playing it, leave me comments, send me emails <laughs> about it. Me, <laughs> it's just gonna be me, man. I don't, I don't know, who <laughs> oh, else you're
2: bro. To. Like, I need a decklist to get into this hero if I'm gonna enjoy it with y'all, y'all. That's true. Yeah, if we're gonna become a Leviathan. you podcast. guys keep telling me to start playing this hero. Gotta listen <laughs> at some point, right? <laughs> okay, so they made one demi hero for blue pitch. I came up with a few more ideas. So, are you ready, guys? I'm gonna rate these ideas a solid seven out of ten. Here we go. <laughs> Passing grade. <laughs> So I came up with three and a half, four ideas. The first two are gonna be single-sided demi-heroes. And I actually did come up with a double-sided one. I put my big brain thinky cap on and I came up with a double-sided idea. All of these are gonna be for heroes that already exist in the game. This idea of a hero just kind of like finding new depth in their own abilities or character is something that's so appealing to me. And I had just a couple ideas for how we might see that in the game with the heroes that are already implemented. First, I've got Bolton, Ascended Archangel of Justice. This one's for my man, Joel. Uh, He's a Bolton stan, (laughs) so I just wanted to give him a little something to know that I care about him and love him. It's this legendary Uh. Bolton specialization light demi-hero. I have, as an action, transform into Bolton, Ascended Archangel of Justice. Activate this ability only while this is in your inventory, and you have 10 cards in your soul. I say you may play one card from your soul per turn. That's so cool. And it's got 10 life. (laughs) So you're loading up your soul. You can fit 10 cards in your soul. I don't see Bolton players doing that that often. But if you make it your game plan, the reward is now you have like these 10 cards that are going to feed in. That's basically four intellect for the rest of the game because Bolton's a three (laughs) 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 intellect (laughs) hero. Let's go. Joel likes to say he's a three intellect hero. So we got you one more card that you can play each turn. It also means that the cards that you put in your soul matter a little bit more, Mm -hmm. right? They're not just fodder. They're like kind of matter you can like load up some really cool cards in there and and play through them and then i have them at 10 life because once you're doing this that's a I, I, i don't know maybe the amount of life that i would expect you to have after you load 10 cards into your soul over the course of the game dude i don't know this is no this is
0: insane and i'll tell you why
2: so it says one card from your soul
0: per turn meaning all our shield belows, all of our soul shield. Oh my god, you right.
2: I didn't even think
1: about that. Yeah. Soul Shield can just go right back in soul. Oh, yeah. Man. Oh my oh oh actually, yeah, that's that's pretty <laughs> so insane. So we're gonna rotate this card right now. <laughs> no, I think it's okay. That he gets a soul shield for free yeah, every turn. It's fine.
2: You're right. Maybe you can't put any cards in soul after this. Like, you have 10, and those are the last 10 that you get yeah. for the game. Ooh. You can't so,
1: put any more cards in, and in the soul. And then
2: you got to go right back up to heaven, Mr. Ascended Archangel of Justice. Yeah,
1: Joel. No, <laughs> no looping soul Blame. shields
2: for you. Okay, well, right.
0: well, that ruins my next idea. I was going to say you could just
2: keep <laughs> looping soul food every <laughs> time to, <laughs> to refill your soul. No, because you should. I still want you to be able to charge after you play this. So maybe it's like... Oh, yeah, you still need to be able to charge to activate. So maybe
0: it just goes like face well, down Well,
1: actually, no, his, his, this replaces the card text. We'll just
2: say you may play one card from your soul that makes, during that, each of your turns. That, that way it turns off the soul shield loop. Yeah. I'm sure there's still other degenerate things that y'all Bolton players can come up with to do this, with this card.
1: This still turns off the charge mechanic of, of when you charge. Does oh, it? no, no, no. Yeah, because this replaces the card text. So you can still charge, but it no longer gives the Bolton effect. Oh, of yeah. They block with the attack action mm, card, Interesting, giving
2: it plus one, and yeah. then being able
1: to remove a card from Soul to give go
2: again. I remember doing that kind of on purpose when I made this design, like he- Bolton can't do his normal Bolton hero stuff mm-hmm. after this, like it kind of becomes your game plan.
0: And that makes sense because then you can't loop via the Vanguard either. That way you're not just buffing your entire board every every single turn and you know doing three or four attacks with uh, plus one. At this point, you would have to specifically use cards like Take Flight or Battlefield Blitz in your soul. Like when you can't rely on your hero ability to give on-demand go again, you still have a way to have you know relatively large turns. Mm-hmm. You like it, Joel? I love I it. I made it just for you. I, I can tell, it, was, it has a lot of love in it and I feel it. I love this card so much. I wish it was a real thing.
2: Going into the idea you talked before about balancing heroes, right? Mm-hmm. I imagine Bolton being one of the lowest tier heroes in the game. Mm -hmm. Watch your mouth. (laughs) And maybe that'll change with Duskodone, and I'm not quite aware of it. Mm -hmm. But this is kind of like exploring the idea of buffing a hero by giving them a a demi hero.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. What you said was very interesting there, Fuzzy, and I love it, and I kind of want to just mention it. We very much like calling ourselves a design podcast. Mm -hmm. I think designing cards by having someone in mind when you design a card for them is a very valid way of designing a card. Mm. It, it can sometimes seem very indulgent, but when you think about it, that is what card designers are trying to do. They're trying to print a card for a player, for a specific player. Mm, mm-hmm. Interesting. And so I think I think it is meaningful. Sometimes it feels very indulgent coming from you
2: know us <laughs> amateurs. <laughs> yeah. We're a podcast where we design custom cards for each other. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's a little it's a little self indulgent, but I think it is something special, and I think it's a real technique that professional card designers use they mm-hmm. they think of a player what would this person like to see at the end of the day they're also thinking what would i like to see in my game
2: yeah yeah
0: yeah maybe that's a good exercise too like moving forward just thinking about other archetypes or other heroes that we don't normally play it and see if we could design like a semi-decent card for that hero i,
2: I think, think we've also great. been like recording this podcast without a huge subscriber base yet and so we've kind of been playing True. off of each other yeah but if you're listening you should Crawl down into the comments. Send us your <laughs> favorite. <are> <laughs> yeah,
1: crawl down into that cesspool. Why don't go, you go drag your,
0: your weightless body into, <laughs> the, go
1: to into, into the pits. Go head into the
0: pits. Go hang out with a
2: and <laughs>
1: Azalea down there.
2: Wiggle your way down into the comments. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us what would, what would be your dream thing to see added to the game, and maybe we'll come up with some ideas for it because we love you. After all, you are squirming down into the comments for us. So if my last one was me trying to like imagine like the buff aspect of the dummy hero mm-hmm. this next one is kind of trying to cover a weakness. Now, you might say this hero doesn't need this weakness covered, and that's okay. You don't have to agree with every one of my designs. Like I said, they're only 7 out of 10. But this one is called Dash Excellent Improviser, a Mechanologist demi-hero, Legendary Dash Specialization. And I wrote at the start of your turn, if you have no cards in your deck and this card is in your inventory, you may transform into Dash Excellent Improviser. If you do, shuffle 11 cards from your banished zone into your library, then draw a card. And I wrote that it has five intellect, but one health. So you're at the end of the game, right? You've boosted away all of your deck. You can turn into Dash. Now, if you were low health before, you're definitely low health now because now you're (laughs) at one. I put draw card when you transform because if you're going from four intellect to five intellect, you're not gonna see the intellect until the end of that turn. So I wanted you to see the benefit immediately, even if only small. That's why it's 11 cards because that's the one card that triggers at the start and then two five card hands. This is your last chance as a dash player to squeeze out a victory because you played your entire deck out and- You boosted it all away. And the cards that you get to put in your deck are not just the ones that you played. They're the ones that you banished and never had a chance to play first. So Mm. if you banished all reds this game, you get all reds to pick from. If you banished all blues, then you might not have a lot of gas to choose from. What do you guys think?
1: (laughs) I can't wait to play Sigil of Suffering against this card. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that's really great. Lovely. Sigil of Suffering, take one.
2: (laughs) Reckless swing. Let's go. The, the freaking uh, Dorinthia warrior, like... Oh, um, Steel Blade <laughs> Shunt. <Steel Asia>. Literally <laughs> any wizard. <laughs> well, maybe, like, I don't know, you are able to gain life after this. There are Mechanologist items that can, like, give you Arcane Barrier, or... Yeah. There are ways. <laughs> oh, totally. But
1: yeah, if Still you... Still can't wait to play
2: Central <laughs> If you look at Dash the wrong way, you might kill them. Like, they're <laughs> not in the clear yet.
0: Yeah, I like this... You have to improvise. Like it's not much, but it might get you over the finish line. Yeah, I, I really love that <laughs> design. That'll play dash at all. I don't know how often that'll this will come up, but I like the like having options. You know what I mean? Okay, I might be losing, but there's just like last-ditch effort. Maybe I can squeeze it out. Like even if I'm blocking, like like if I arsenal that card, I draw or you know swing or whatever, and draw five. If I'm blocking like three and then send two like zero cost or whatever, it's still something. Maybe you can squeeze it out. I don't know, but. I like that it's five in a leg. I think that's um, interesting design space and keeping it at one life, I feel like makes it not like as uh, oppressive Yeah, as, as five in a leg. How be. can you be
2: scared of someone with one life? <laughs> Just kill me. <him. laughs> you yeah. aren't. All right, guys. This next one's a doozy. <laughs> I'm so excited. I read a little ahead and I got thoughts. I apologize. This is a 20-minute card, okay? <laughs> so if our last two were were responses to a hero that is weak or a hero that has a defined weakness. And this is a response to that. This next one is based on this idea of a fork in the road. So Levy redeemed, blasphemed Levy consumed. It's so cool how you have this hero who has a struggle that is very clearly represented in their character. Mm. And this is the natural progression for that struggle without actually answering the question, right? Mm. It just represents two potential futures. And that's why my last card here is a double-sided demi-hero. On one side, Dromai, Empress of Volkor. And on the other side, Phi, Leader of the Volkai. And both of these sides are legendary Phi or Dromai specializations. So you can be playing as Phi and transform into either this Dromai demi-hero or Phi demi-hero. Wait, What? Or you could be playing as Dromai and transform into either the Dromai demi hero or Phi hey demi hero. <laughs> now hold on. Both Dromai and Phi have two specializations that are for both their decks Dromai or Phi specializations. They're unique. And in their story, they're both battling for the future of Volcor. Dromai represents the imperial class, the, the rich, and Phi represents the rebellion, the poor, and they are at odds with each other. They're brother and sister. Great story. And who knows what'll end up with the future of Volcor. The design for this card is asking a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I need two sides that both represent that individual hero, but also can work in both decks and you might even want either one in that deck. Okay? So there's a reward that both hero could want, but still represent one. And a condition that either one could fulfill. So first, let's talk about the Phi side. Phi leader of the Volkai. As an instant, you can transform your hero into Phi leader of the Volkai only if it's in your inventory and you control seven attacks. What? Seven chain links, right? That's doable. It's certainly possible. You might have to set up for it, but I've definitely seen five players like kill me. And it's an instant, so you don't have to have an action point left over. Your seventh chain link could be You don't have to have any resources, you don't have to have any action points, just get seven chain links on the field and you can transform your hero into Phi. You'll lose your hero abilities from before, remember, and it's replaced with, once per turn action, for one resource, put a Phoenix Flame from your graveyard into your hand, and all attacks you control have go again, period. Oh, And when an attack you control hits, make an Ash token. Remember that you might be Phi transforming into Phi. That ability won't be relevant to you at all. But if you're Phi, trans- if you're Dromai before, you probably still want the Ash because you want to be able to play the dragons out of your deck. So you can get a Phoenix Flame for one resource, your attacks have go again, and when your attacks hit, you make Ash. I wanted to be able to get Phoenix Flame since that was a big part of Phi's game plan, but notice how it's not reduced anymore. It'll always cost you at least one resource, mm. but it'll never be free. Four intellect, 10 health when you transform.
0: The thing is, Phi already has a lot of attacks that have go again. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how much he would care about that or the ash. So I'm wondering if there's, like, another activated ability that, like, creates Phoenix Flames if you have enough ash. Mm. So that you still want to be, like, Phi leader of the Volkai. Or if it's, like, if I'm Phi, I want to turn it into Dromai because Dromai has better effects. Like, kind of like
2: a... I see what you're saying. You know what I mean? Like... The ash is a little bit inelegant because you can't use it at all. Maybe this hero ability, maybe like give this hero demi hero and a way to use the ash tokens. So yeah. I could see that.
1: This is also so good for Dromai because all of Dromai's dragons now naturally oh have go again. No. So popping them doesn't stop
2: them. Yeah, because that's Dromai's regular hero ability, right? Well, popping them would still they would lose the action point if you popped them, but. Oh, you're right. Because but at least you don't have to play new red cards. It's like a strict upgrade from Dromai, right? Yeah. Like before, you had to play a red card to give your dragons go again, and I didn't want to take go. Ag- I I need her dragons to have go again, right? So this way, she oh, her dragons can still have go again. <laughs> they just have it by default. Like that's the upgrade. That's the reason why you might want to transform into this, and it's pretty much the only thing you would get, right? Because you're not you don't, probably don't care about Phoenix Flames from your graveyard. On hit, make ash is pretty nice. You don't have to pitch to do it anymore. But you can also start running more Phoenix Flames in your Dromai deck. It would make it easier to turn into this demi-hero because you need to have seven attacks. Well, not only that, but um, you
0: would need another way to make ash that can't be stopped by Phantasm because you lose your hero ability, which is what generates the ash when you pitch a red card. So you'd probably need a, a critical mass of like these zero cost go again attacks. So that you can get Ash in some way. You know what I mean?
2: All right. Dromai, Empress of Volkor. So with Side is the rebellion wins, and he's a leader of the Free Volkai, which is the lower class in Volkor. Dromai, Empress of Volkor, represents her taking the throne and ruling Volkor, assumedly with an iron fist. She's kind of a badass lady. I wrote... Action, transform into Dromai, Empress of Volcor. Activate this ability only while this is in your inventory and you have four cards in hand and at least one card in arsenal. Go again. When you pitch a red card, create two ash tokens and you have a second arsenal zone. The third time an attack hits each turn, draw a card. This might be a little pushed. I'm looking at it now and it's a lot of stuff that I put on (laughs) this card. But it takes you to five life when you play it. So even though the condition is kind of easy, you're probably not going to want to use it until it's later in the game when your life total's kind of low. But also, if your life total is low, are you really keeping five card hands? With Dromai, it's not too hard because you have the dragons that if they just spend a turn taking out your dragons, then you can have a really full hand easily. With Fi, I can see him wanting to transform just because he gets a lot of value out of the card and he's not worried about his life total because his aggressive pressure is so high. Yeah,
0: and you could even do this like when you're even in like the 20s or, or like still the double digits of life. Like you could just say like, – Take 15. Yep, exactly. Like Phi uh, will often say, yeah, I'll take 15. I don't care because I'm going to blow your back out right now. Mm-hmm. So if, if you have double mask momentum triggers and Ash tokens in a second arsenal zone, I feel like Fi would eat this up. And not only that, Dromai, like if she sees herself with a hand of like D-reacts and Sigil Solaces – she could be like, okay, I'm at twenty. I'll take five, gain six. Oh yeah. And then have some D reacts, like double arsenal D reacts, and then just use my hand to uh, pitch for for other stuff, like attach whatever.
2: Willing to go to five just because the defensive potential is so strong that it doesn't matter that much. Right. Mm-hmm. I do want to know that this is strictly better than Mask of Momentum. Mask of Momentum is the third attack in a row. This is yes. just the third attack. Oh, I didn't even yes. notice that. Good catch. That was that was intentional. Yeah. Uh, one thing I forgot to put here is there's no way to give your dragons go again. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mhm. So, I'm kind of seeing this like uh
0: is it asymmetry where like like phi wants to be dromai and dromai wants to be phi? I
2: wasn't thinking about that. I was trying to have phi be very emblematic of phi, you mm. know, and dromai's design being very dromai. But I also wanted there to be a lot of overlap between both playstyles being willing to run it, you know? For sure. I was trying to juggle a lot here, Joel. <laughs> no, that, that, you, you said it was a doozy, and I think a doozy is the perfect way to, uh, to
1: describe it. I don't think this should be a Dromai or Phi specialization. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you think it should be something completely different? I'm here. Yes. I'm ready. <laughs> I think it should be an Emperor specialization.
2: Oh. Okay. Ooh, okay. When you have
1: zero health, transform into either <laughs> <a> Phi <laughs> or Dromai. That's cute. <laughs> the Emperor dies and you transform into one of the other leaders
2: that's cute that's
0: actually kind of interesting
2: that changes yeah. this so oh much. it
0: changes everything oh yeah totally <laughs> different you can't yeah.
1: even talk about it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but oh man.
0: oh man could you could you imagine that's so flavorful i love it yeah Kind of negates everything I just said, but oh, so co- cool. Oh, negates everything, all the work
2: that Fuzzy did. <laughs> well, I, I hope you guys like the design. Which
1: is why I tried to cut you off ahead of time. I was like, Fuzzy, Fuzzy, <laughs> stop. Before we get into this, no. let me undo all of your
2: hard work. <laughs> I hope, I hope people like this design. It does so many things. It is very convoluted. All of that stuff I said about complexity creep before, about like <laughs> trying to avoid like heroes that have so much text and are so important to the game, but sit in the sideboard where you can't read them. With that, I think we're going to move into our arsenal zone. Enough talking about demi-heroes.
1: <laughs> so for our arsenal zone, this is the section of our podcast where we really like to talk about some cards that we're just interested in you know it doesn't need to be attached to anything that we talked about in this episode or even what's going on in our lives we can just talk about fun little cards off to the side
2: no strings attached no strings. just liking cards
0: (laughs) okay so the card i want to talk about is valiant dynamo it's unplayable except for one hero uh, by the name of kasai which is my favorite blitz hero of all time still desperately waiting for a cc printing but yeah, I just I just love sitting down at an armory and for the first time like I block with it like turn one like oh you're using equipment so early, and then they <laughs> see that I take off the counter, and, and the, perp- the perplexed look I get like wait a minute did you just block with that? I'm like I sure did and I've, <laughs> I've, I slide over my mini snap like
2: every turn <laughs>
0: I'm like yeah, that's kind of just what it does, and I really want it to be playable in like Bolton or or Durantia. Uh, it's just not maybe we'll get like an archetype where we can use like dual wielding swords more effectively uh, in like a charge like archetype or just I mean Duranthe can use hatchets I guess but I don't know I'm just waiting for a more interesting design space or a new warrior in general because I love this equipment I love like having recurring value because now that Olin's gone we don't really have crown of Seas anymore other than like like Rampart being able to block every turn. So, this plus like the new shield that got spoiled, I feel like, ugh, this could be amazing if it was playable. So, yeah, that's what I want to shout out today. It's
2: a super daring design, you know? Mm-hmm. Being able to remove those counters, yeah. block with it forever, infinite value. So, for my card, I wanted to talk about Nimble Strike. Oh, <laughs> God. I thought it was Nimbleism. <laughs> <laughs> nimble Strike is. Draft Chaff from Welcome to (laughs) (laughs) Raph.
1: Great Draft Chaff.
2: Oh, yeah. Top quality. I'm sure this is like a commoner staple, you know? I've seen it in like the Shiana builds or like the merchants where they have to run all generics. Like this is a great generic card. It costs one. Swings for four, but as an additional cost to play Nimble Strike, you can banish a card named Nimbleism from your graveyard. And if you do, Nimble Strike gains plus one and go again, and it blocks for two. I mean, Nimbleism's played all the time, you know? Like, I play Nimbleism in my Briar list. It's great. Uh, Nimbleism gets played in, like, some Ranger builds. A zero for three pump is just kind of on rate, right? Nimble Strike doubles up, and it says you can have a one for five go again if you banish that Nimbleism. Or if you played Nimbleism that turn, it could be eight, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Lots of value. And in Welcome to Wrath Draft, you can just take all the nimblisms and nimble strikes that you see <laughs> and you could even like block with the nimblisms early just to load them up, maybe on turn zero. Then your nimble strikes are coming in for five and they're like, I can't compete with a five. Go again for one resource. What is this? <laughs> Pitch a blue, 5, 10, 15 in one turn. Crazy. Oh. oh. you have to You have to really set up for that. <laughs> <But> <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a thing that you can do or maybe like, nimbleism in a nimble strike and swing with a weapon. I wow. don't know. And I love these two card combos. There's a whole bunch that exist in the game. I love all of them. They will <laughs> all wind up on our shout outs at one point <laughs> or another, starting with nimble strike. Yay. So I want to honor my tradition of signing a copy for both of you. <laughs> Fuzzy. And if you guys build commoner decks, you can play these. <laughs>
0: yeah. I actually was thinking about playing commoner recently, so this will help. Play Nimble Strike. Bam. There Thanks, you go. Fuzzy. Wow. Thank you, Fuzzy. I'm getting so many good generics to play in my deck for <laughs> you. I know,
1: and they're red, too. Yeah. Really.
2: Fuzzy's hooking us up with so them good cards. Yep. You can't get that common anywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> Not signed by you. That's Aww. true.
1: Can someone throw it to me?
2: Yeah, Clark. I'd love to hear... I'm sorry. Sure, sure. Let, me, let, me, wait. let me start
1: over. That. Fuzzy, I have looked inside of your brain. I should start. And over I, it. Fuzzy, I know what you're going to say, and I'm going to stop you because I am talking about sensor. Oh That's right. This whole bit was just to set up the sensor card, <laughs> brand new card from dust till dawn. It is a great card. I love this card. I love anything that lets me look at the opponent's hand and know what you're trying to do. Oh, my God.
2: Ken, confirm. He keeps trying to put it into his custom card designs. You haven't seen any of those yet, but oh, goodness. Oh, I
1: love looking at the opponent's hand because I want to know what all you're... all thoughtsies. <laughs> Oops, all thoughtsies. I adore Sensor. I think Sensor is great. I can't wait to build my Omiwa oh mo Shindaru deck. <laughs> Just you're already dead. I know what's in your hand. I know what you're going to do and I've already stopped you from doing it. This sounds so toxic. <laughs> it's going to be it's going to have it's going to have Sensor. It's going to have chains of eminence. It's going to be a stupid,
2: stupid deck, and everyone's going to hate playing against me for I, it. I already feel bad at armories when I'm playing against like the new guy, and you are you have to like help them out with their turn anyway, and then you're like, I'm sorry, I already won this game. I feel like a <laughs> dick for saying it. Yeah. This is just that energy, but exemplifying a deck 24-7. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that it blocks for three. It's a one for five, three. That's on rate. Right. Yeah, but why would I block with it
1: when I can just <laughs> stop you from playing your cards? You can still pitch it. You can still block with it. Yes. Does it have to hit? Yeah. It has. This card sucks. But dude, I just play pick a card. Mm-hmm. I see three of the cards in your hand. <laughs> I name the one good card, and then I attack with sensor. And you're like, I can't let this hit. So you <laughs> have to block.
2: They already, there's not even any mind games at that point. You're like, hey... I'm going to attack with this card. I don't have to tell you this, but if it hits, this is the card I'm (laughs) going to name. So give me two cards. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Uh, This is also like just playable as like specifically Bravo hate because Bravo will tutor for Crippling Crush. Oh. Or they'll like throw the, what's the giant card that creates three seismic when you throw? Pulverize. Pulverize. Yeah. Yeah. Anything you Just name Pulverize. Yeah. Right. And you're just like, look, I already know what you're going to play next turn. And no. You can't.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: that it, baby. Great new tech. Deck's coming along nicely. Great
2: new tech. <laughs> so stupid. Well, thanks for potting with me, boys. And thank you, listener, for being you. Don't ever change. Pitch
1: It To Me podcast is hosted by Fuzzy Delp, Clark Moore, and Joel Racinos. Our executive producer is Talon Stradley. Logistics coordinator, John Farkas. Music by Dylan Hulse. Logo by Han V. And sound mixing by Christopher Moore. Last but not least, we'd like to thank you, the listener. Thank you for tuning in. Please give us a follow on your favorite social media platform at Pitch It To Me Podcast. Stay tuned for some outtakes.
0: In one of his cards, so maybe they're definitely angels. There's they're there, like mm-hmm. they're vibing. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So, uh-huh. so I can't give you? The- <laughs> exactly.
1: What if that's how you become an angel? You gotta really vibe. Yeah, it's all vibes. Why? Because it's the joke.
2: Levia or Leviathan. The
1: joke is that you overpronounce, like it, it. That is a basic of comedy. Do I need to explain the rules of comedy? I know that you get the rules of three, but there's also the rule of just over-fucking-doing something. You're not coming
2: at me right now. Like, Do you understand the basic rules of comedy? How am I able to preserve my self-esteem around any of y'all? Oh, my God. Okay, 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 okay.